Today's interview is with Amy Sturkey. She is a pediatric physical therapist with so much energy, but even better than that, she has this incredible YouTube channel with a gazillion videos that will just blow your mind. And she just has a way with kids. And I'm just so delighted to be able to interview her and tap into her mind and her energy. And I think this podcast will leave you wanting to engage with your kids more and make them feel extra special and think out of the box. So listen along and enjoy. This podcast, Special Needs in Motion, is dedicated to helping individuals learn to move and function at their best. Listen along to learn a little and maybe even laugh and be inspired. Please review and share so others can have access to our community. I'm your host, Ilana, a physical therapist, product developer, mom, wife, author, blogger, and podcaster. I love a great discussion, coaching the families with whom I work, and finding solutions. I love putting the fun and play into therapy. And it is a pleasure to be your host. Just a quick note, if you'd like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to me at specialneedsinmotion.com or just check the show notes. And any information shared here should not be taken as direct advice. You know the drill. Consult your local therapist, professional, or doctor before trying any suggestions. Well, let's go. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm so excited to have you. I've been so looking forward to speaking with you. And just for everybody listening, Amy is a physical therapist and what I consider a a pediatric exercise specialist. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Amy, I think what makes your, your exercises so different is one that, first of all, you have a gazillion of them, but... I was so enthralled by them and so taken by them because um, they're just so simple and engaging and informative. But maybe you could tell us just a little bit about your background and, you know, how you got into being a pediatric PT. I have always loved kids. Uh, uh, Mom called me the Pied Piper in my neighborhood. Uh, Kids just followed me everywhere and I wanted to be with the kids and I was the babysitter of the block and the next block and I thought that when I went to college, that I was going to go to med school and I just needed a degree to do first. And I had someone had recommended pharmacy. And uh, then I met some people who were in pharmacy majors and they didn't look like they were having any fun. And so my mother <laughs> recommended, well, why don't you do physical therapy? And that will be something that you could do before med school. And then once I did physical therapy and realized that I could work with kids all the time. That was just the end of that. And um, then I met some people who were in med school and they definitely looked like they were having no fun. And I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like to have fun. So um, that was the end of that. And I, I've been um, a physical therapist since uh, 1987. So I have a lot of years of clinical practice. Over 30 of them, the years have been at an outpatient clinical private practice that I see um, a typical week. Uh, well, right now I'm slow. So a slow week means I, I like bite my nails, pull out my hair slow is 30 client hours a week. Most of the time when it's not COVID, I'm seeing 38 to 42 client hours a week. So wow, uh, 
And doing that for 30 years, one might say I have a good bit of experience in treatment. Um, yeah. You know, we have a little bit in common. Um, I graduated in 86. I do not have the pediatric years that you have because I kind of dibbled and dabbled in a few other things. But when I was in college, I started out in accounting and my roommate said the same thing to me. She's like, that's so boring. And so that's how I ended up in physical therapy. She was like, oh, you should be a physical therapist. So we have a little bit of like that in common. But you do videos. You have so many videos, your YouTube videos. And like I said, they're simple and they're engaging and they're informative. And physical therapists, even occupational therapists, in my opinion, um, parents can watch them and really gain so much from just these simple videos. So why did you choose videos? Like, how did you get there? Okay, well, I think we first have to go back a step and say, why am I focusing on exercises? And I I just have been generally frustrated. This is me frustrated. And um, I would go to courses. It was a weekend course. You go to the course, and the whole first day, you're listening to theories and neurological pathways and the second half of the day that continues the second day and then finally on the afternoon before you leave they finally start doing what you came there for it was the treatment ideas and maybe they're doing better in in PT school but in my PT school I felt like they did an excellent job of teaching theory and teaching evaluation um, but when it came to treatment ideas, they would say, this is your child. Y'all go in a group and come up with some ideas of some things to do. I'm like, what do you mm-hmm. mean go in a group and come up with some? You're supposed to be telling me the things to do. And, and then <laughs> I went to, when it went to clinicals and I said, I want all pediatric clinicals. So if I have to do a neuro clinical, I want peds neuro. And if I do home health, I want peds home health. I knew I wanted to do peds, but. I swear it was just not an organized way of looking at treatment ideas. And it didn't seem like even then, even then being someone who didn't know much, it didn't seem like they, I mean, maybe it was just who I was with, but that's the luck of the draw. It didn't seem like they had an organization behind what they were doing and had yeah. different, uh, you know, I'd have questions like, well, if, what are some ideas to work on catching a ball? And they had one idea. I was like, what do you mean you have one? I, I, even then, I <laughs> didn't understand it. And so mm-hmm. I, um, well, I, I'm a little high strung and maybe, uh, maybe a little anxious at times. I have to be prepared. I have to know what I'm going to do. And so I used to get up at five o'clock in the morning and plan for every client of the day when I was a new grad and make sure I had a list of ideas of things that I was going to do with that client. And I couldn't go back to bed because I I didn't like the morning until I had ideas of the things to do for that each and every client. Once I had a list, then I could go back to sleep. So I developed these. I decided because this is, you know, I, I just was worried that I would come up with enough ideas I had to have, I started making lists of, okay, if I need to get hip extension, this is an idea that I can do. And if it's, I'm doing ball handling, this is my list of ball handling. If I'm doing eccentric plantar flexors, these are my ideas. And I just over, and I found that 
I would like stick with an activity for a while. And then after a while, I would forget about that activity and go on to a new activity of doing that was my favorite. And I wouldn't go back. And so I started adding to the list over and over 30 years, that list starts getting a little bit long, uh, all of them. (laughs) And so I'd have students that would come in and they would love the list and they would, uh, well, I have terrible handwriting. So the first student like rewrote it for me. And then another student later typed it and another student made stick uh, drawings with it. And Uh I, I, I mean, that suited for me. But what I saw was a real need of treatment ideas. And when you go, when I go to the Academy of Pediatric Physical Therapy annual conference, what they do is all these evidence-based treatment things. These, if if you yep. you can't just go and say, let's do a, a something on uh, exercises. No, you have to have research behind this, which is great. I mean, it's, I, I understand that, but there needs to be the other side of it. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think there's people who research all that stuff and present the research and everything. That's, that's great. People need to do that, but there needs to be somebody on the other side who comes up with, I've been in the clinic for a long time and no, I, I don't, I haven't done all these research studies and I have, but I've been in the clinic and from my end of it, this is what I see works. These are ideas that can help you, I don't know, get, get head control for a little boy who has cerebral palsy. Parents would tell me, Amy, you have a way that you work with kids and you need to show them what you do. So I, I was in Africa. and the, That is so cool. <laughs> I, I, I was on safari and there was a rainstorm one day and everybody came in from safari to the nearest place that uh, would house you. It was for lunch. And I met a family who had a child who was 10 with cerebral palsy, pretty significant involvement. And the mother in, in Kenya had opened up her own practice to be able to get treatment for her son. And she said, you should come see my practice. And I said, well, I'm kind of on safari, but I, I'll, I'll go back to Nairobi right before I fly out. I'll, I'll, I'll come and see you. Well, it turned out I couldn't see her practice, but she invited me to her house. And I looked at the equipment that they had. And I was a little dismayed that here was this woman who had the wherewithal to start her own practice, hire physical therapists and occupational therapists to treat her ch- child but her child, I could tell, did not have good treatment. I just felt like I needed to do something. I was a photographer, and I, uh, my dad was a photographer, and I was comfortable in front of the camera. So I started off at first, to be honest, doing apps. And there's a reason why you haven't heard of my apps, because they failed. Um But I tried to do treatment applications of all these things for strengthening abdominals or all these things for strengthening the hips. And um, when I say that failed, it failed. Like we put a gazillion amount of time in it and we were losing a lot of money trying to do it. Um, So Uh I. Apps are hard. (laughs) Oh my gosh, hard. And the Zika virus hit South America and I was heartbroken I just had this impression in my head that there were all these kids in South America who were severely involved, who had probably no 
good PT around. I could be wrong. But what I learned when I was in Africa is when I was out on the Maasai Mara and people were living in uh, mud huts with sticks, they had cell phones and they had apps and they, I decided all those people had YouTube too. And <laughs> my first job was, oh my gosh, let me find a, because uh, at my work, I'm not allowed to videotape anybody I see. So I had to just find, I had a, a distant relative who had a little boy and I said, can I please come and videotape? Is that Colton? Yeah. And, He's so um, cute. Okay. He is adorable. And he was good. Uh, he, he, he was a very easy to work with little boy. He was very tolerant of me not knowing me from Adam. And I just did him because I couldn't figure out how I could quit my job and go down to South America and help those people. So this was the next best thing I could come up with. Soon as I put out those videos, it was just like an outpouring of all these people going, well, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Mm-hmm. And that's just sort of how it went. Wow, that's great. Tell people listening, because we have a variety of listeners, but um, maybe like how your exercises differ from working with adults. There was a little teeny tiny bit of time uh, before I started my current job uh, and while I was a student that I worked with adults. Uh, a lot of my experience at that point was there were protocols, if it was a post hip replacement or a knee replacement or a stroke that there were kind of protocols that were set up in the hospital of the things that were expected me for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it boring, really boring. <laughs> and so amazingly unchallenging. And what I like about kids is that every kid is different. And in fact, so different that if I told you I treated a kid with autism, you probably know less about that kid with autism right now than if you than before, because you have automatically put everything you think about a kid with autism on the client that I saw today. Uh-huh. But they're all different, every one of them. And they all have their own interests and likes and dislikes and issues. And, um, and that's not just autism. That's the kids with cerebral palsy. That's the kids with Down syndrome. And I love the figuring out what makes them work. Uh, I, I mean, sometimes I feel like there might be something wrong with me because I, I kind of like the more challenging they are, the more I like them. I yeah. mean, I like them all, but those I get more oomph out of those ones that they come in and they're a hot mess. And I go, oh, this is going to be fun. And I know those kids that are a hot mess. I can change their life. I can change the parent's life. I can be such a powerful influence in this family group that I have a way that I can change the whole future. And that feels really powerful to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure I answered your question. No, I think you did. And I, you know, the few years that I've been working with kids, I have found that you know, you can't just hand exercises. Kids, I tell them, I tell the parents, I was like, kids don't exercise. Okay. So don't ask me for exercises. 
but I know that some do as they get a little bit older, we might be able to do that, but it has to be part of their day. It has to be part of play. So I think to me, that's the big difference. And I actually, I think adults like to play too, though some have forgotten how, but in general, you know, it has to be part of something very functional. And if they can't really play, cause some, not all kids can play in the way we think kids, you know, as we think of standard play, but you know, it might be like part of their gait training or walking, but it has to be incorporated in what they're doing. Right. And, and, and the thing is, is that if you have a knee replacement and you're an adult, they tell you to do 10 leg raises and you're probably going to do 10 leg raises. But a kid, if they don't want to do that, if you haven't made some reason for them to think that that might be in their best interest, that that might be fun somehow, they're not going to do it. So, uh, oh, right. I, 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 mean, I like to have fun. Yeah. And, and the kids I, can I see right to... through you, right? Kids see through us. <laughs> so they know if and, I'm. And, you know, you have to figure out what that kid likes. Uh, on uh, Wednesday, I had a new uh, I had an evaluation. I'm going to see that kid for the first treatment session. And I found out that kid had likes Godzilla. All the different kinds of Godzillas there ever was. And I'm about to learn so much about Godzilla so I can engage this kid in discussion and he's going to love coming to see me. I mean, you have to you have to learn what these kids like and they have to feel like you like them, that you're crazy about them, that you're excited that they've come today. Yeah. Because yeah, they have to feel like you're the person looking out for them, that that when, you know, those kids come running to me, well, I go running to them, that I'm excited that they're there, that they feel valued and loved. And that's what makes the difference between a great PT and someone who's not, that, that you can see something about that kid that's absolutely fantastic. And to be able to amplify that, to be able to work with that kid and help them along their journey. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I remember this one mom, um, well, her son had autism and he loved volcanoes. So, and he loved to watch them blow up. (laughs) So his reward for, because he was on a behavioral program. So when he, uh, let's say played kickball with me for, you know, five minutes, he got to watch his volcano (laughs) blow up. So I love that, you know, that that was his motivator. And I don't know. So I'm agreeing with you. You have to find what makes them tick. Are there tips that you give parents to, you know, when you get, when you give them exercises to say, you know, here's a few things to keep in mind if you want to engage your child when I'm not with you? I, I am really blessed because, well, I, I mean, everybody has their different setting and I'm sure everybody loves their setting that they're in. But I work at a private practice. I had a little, really short stint of uh, working in home health. And I remember going to visits and I showed up at appointments and the parents weren't there. And I'm sure there's a gift for people who love that kind of client. But I, I work at a private practice and people come to my to me. They make time out of their schedule to come to my appointments at my room. And that is such a blessing. So I, I already have two steps in the door. These are people who are motivated, who think this is important, who are making time out of their day to come to my sections. Now, uh, do all my parents follow through with home programs? Well, no, no, I wouldn't say perfectly, no. Um, but uh, I always have the parents back. I don't treat kids without parents in my room. And I involve them in the session. I have them help interactively with me in the session. I help have them help make decisions about 
hmm, this isn't going as well as I'd hoped. Do you think if we did this next or that next or mm -hmm. uh, what, what do you think? So I, I kind of encourage them to help along the way and be involved. And then, I mean, it, it works differently for some families versus other in terms of tips of how to get that child to work at home. Are they working for something? If they get a certain number of stickers at the end of the week, they get to do something. Or can you find a way? It takes a while for, I think, for kids to be motivated to want self-driven to do that. I mean, that's a much older teen client. And I actually see a lot of teens. Um, but I, I do think that's something as physical therapists, we need to figure out more of the psycho psychology of how... Mm -hmm. How to really get families to do the work that could make them progress better at home. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you mentioned teens because it's different, right? I have a child that I would say is a tween. So I love, as, during the session, I will frequently ask her for her idea. You know, I'll say, hey, we're, we're doing you know, exercise on the ball. So now it's your turn. You give me an idea. So I, I love doing that with a little bit older kids. But do you have any tips for teens? Well, I think with teens, they just go through all sorts of phases. And I see kids across a wide lifespan. I mean, I have I have a 29-year-old that I saw starting when he was five. Um, wow. I, I'm, I don't have any kids of my own. So um, these are kind of my my kids. And um, so I'm, I'm not really answering your question well. But uh, no, I, I think you are. I think you're saying that it just they, you got to flow with who they are and where they are. That's what I'm hearing. And, and I think they have to know all through this that you adore them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I speak really directly to my clients. I'm crazy about you. Until, you know, it's this time of the session where I tell you I'm crazy about you. Not just kids with special needs, but all kids need to know that you like them, that they're a good kid, that you are excited to... Mm -hmm. just... Yes, yes. And, you know, as you're saying that, I'm like, we adults need that too. Yes, but we do! <laughs> but it's paramount when kids are younger to hear that message, you know? from adults that they are have value that they're important that you want to be in their presence so i love that message that you're bringing to whoever's listening and <laughs> i i have a question for you you have so much energy do you have a secret for that or is that just the way you're made i am an inner naturally energetic and excitable person but i think uh, not having any kids um <laughs> does help that but I also think that I try really hard to take care of myself. I try to get eight hours of sleep or as close to eight hours of sleep every night. I try to eat relatively healthy. I uh, Even in COVID, I work out five days a week, three days a week. I climb the stairs for 30 minutes this morning with 18 pounds on me. Wow. I just, I, oh, my gosh. Uh, the other two days. The other two days, and then, I, you know, uh, every five minutes, I do an intensity where for 30 seconds, I go up and down the stairs as fast as I can. And um, so I know that when I don't take care of myself, where I go through periods of for I've been sick or something where I haven't been exercising, that I don't have as much energy for mm -hmm. myself or for the kids. Mm -hmm. So. And that's um, amazing because you do that and treat 38 kids. 
Yeah. So you're, t- you know, yeah, it's like self-care and it just translates to being able to care for others. So that's really neat. Do you have any videos that are like your favorites that are out there or most popular? Well, there's certainly ones that are more popular than others. I, I look down the list of, uh, let's just say the top six or kind of hit the spectrum of early development. Uh, there's get how to get a, help your child get into sitting. Head control videos always do good. So the first little video with Myla I did on how to help her with her head control has done very well. And I, you know what? I think a lot of the ones, because I, I number my videos because I, I do them, I follow the same kid over time so that you know that number one came well before number 20. Uh-huh. And um, number one videos always do great. So I imagine people go, number one video, vi- number one head control video. And so that's the one that pops up. So that ends up being very popular is whatever I label number one. So that's a, that's a hint for people out there. Put number one beside your video and it, it will be very popular. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Number three is uh, rolling from back to side. And then number four is teaching sitting balance. And then number five is teaching standing balance. And number six is a pull to sit. Popularity of which ones have been seen the most. Those are the ones. And then in terms of me, the ones I laugh at the most are the ones, they're ones where the kid won't do what I want them to do. Yes, and, I love um, those because they're so real. <laughs> they're so authentic. They're and so I sit there and go, well, this is not exactly um, something that is um, I'm very proud of at this moment. But I think we all have those videos, those moments, those sessions that you would go, well, the, yeah, I tried. I didn't win that one. So uh, there are the two that I think are really funny to me to watch are uh, one where I was trying to demonstrate uh, having Mila take, had her back to a chair and wanted her to take a couple of steps to me. At this point, I should note that I think she was walking independently. And I was just trying to show how I teach, trying to get a child to take a couple of steps from their back to the wall to me. Uh, Mila had no interest in doing anything of the such. And similarly, <laughs> Uh, I had a whole bunch of treadmill videos in which, uh, you know, it looks like I am uh, torturing poor little Mila, trying to get her to walk on the treadmill. And by the last video, uh, I just say, well, what if we put her in a rift and walk her and just put her on the treadmill? Because she's not having any part of me holding her. And she walks. And I remember just thinking, I can't believe all this time all I had to do was put her in a walker over the treadmill. And she would have walked all this time that I was holding her up with pure bicep and arm strength holding her up <laughs> over the trample the treadmill so uh yeah those are the ones that i think are the funniest at least to me because i'm it shows yeah, uh, yeah. my human failures <laughs> that's awesome well you know one of my struggles i won't say it's a struggle but but um i also like a, a challenge because it makes me keep thinking and i don't ever get bored i'll put it that way but the kids with um, CP who, you know, have like that severe tone and every time they grow a micro inch, <laughs> their tone seems to snap and get tighter. Right. And um, right. and it's just like getting their hips into external rotation and, you know, getting them to take steps. Is there a way like when someone goes to like look at your videos, can they search for certain topics or? Yeah. Um, if you go to my channel, I have playlists. And so um, I have um, a playlist for transitioning from into standing and playlists for head control and playlists for walk, learning to walk. And so 
certainly playlists for treating children with cerebral palsy. And that's one way that you could go if you were interested in a particular topic. Uh, And then you would likely get a variety of different kids that I was working with uh, working on that topic, Uh such as head control. Okay, so that's really good. And you know what else I love about your videos? I don't know if you did this with all of them, but at least recently, but they had these great fonts right across the front. So you can see right away what that video is about. Right. I I mean, I, I, I get emails from people all over the world asking, you know, I have the child with da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, what can I do? And, you know, I always go, it is considered unethical for me to provide treatment recommendations for a child I have not personally evaluated. Uh, but if you're working on sit-to-stand, these are the playlists that you can look at. Uh-huh. And, um, That's good. So it, that really helped me feel like I could, was doing something to help them. Because I used to have to say, well, uh, I've treated the same child over time. So go back to the beginning of the playlist of Myla from when she was a newborn and uh, start watching and doing those things with your child until you have a difficult, you know, until you have difficulty. <laughs> right. Uh, that, that, that didn't seem like a good answer. So mm-hmm. yeah, those playlists I think are, are a way to look for something specific. Well, that's great. Well, is there anything else you want to share? The pictures that I took and uh, isolated out from the background and all for the apps uh, are now progressively becoming books. So um, uh, I have two books out and one that if I just would just finish it, um, but I have two books, uh, Pediatric Physical Therapy Exercises to Strengthen the Hips and Pediatric Physical Therapy Exercises to Strengthen the Knees. And the ankle is the one that I'm almost done with and just, I don't know, I just need to proof it and get it out. That's um, great. And you also have like A is for attention deficit. Is that you? Or a- yep, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just feel like I just think in first grade, kids, you know, especially now that there is inclusion in a lot of schools now, that teachers need to talk about what is cerebral palsy. Because I think when you know about cerebral palsy, that you're not as afraid of cerebral palsy, that you don't have to stare and look and mm-hmm. uh, ask those awkward questions in front of kids and and I just I just felt a real calling to do simple kindergarten first grade second grade level picture books uh describing cerebral palsy or describing down syndrome or autism or attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder just to try to help once you know somebody with cerebral palsy I think you're no longer as fearful of any person with cerebral palsy that you meet ever again that's true. because you know one mm-hmm. you know one and mm-hmm. i just think that knowledge is really powerful for especially for young little kids and um so i, I did those books too yes yeah and mm-hmm. i will put a link on the show notes so people can find your books on amazon okay. and also a link to your youtube channel and i just want to thank you for helping us uh think differently and really remembering that every day is an opportunity to make our kids feel special. And for joining me. I, I really had fun too. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. You have a great evening, Amy. Thank you for listening and sharing. I really appreciate your helping me spread tips that might be of help to someone you know. And remember that why is not near as important as what and how. Have a special day. <laughs>